0: So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. Hello and welcome
1: to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. Now today I am lucky enough to be joined by Gary Turner and I thought Gary would be an excellent person to have a chat to on the podcast because in July this year, he came on the three-day open course for quality of mind. And since then, he's been having uh, a really wonderful time exploring his understanding and he's got some great things to share. So I asked him to come along and he said, yes. So we're lucky enough to have Gary here. So um Gary, could you just give us, first of all, um, a little bit of background about who you are and what you do, um, and then we'll get into it.
2: No problem at all. Good morning, Piers. Thanks for having me on today. Welcome. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so my name's Gary Turner. I work in a, an international sales and marketing capacity. Um, also have a, a deep passion around the people agenda as well. So around culture, organizational design, learning development, this sort of area. So I'm a bit of an unusual crossbreed going across people and also sales. Um, current, let's say work at chemical distribution right now uh, and also working on the side as well, trying to help people operate more human-centred cultures via the listening organisation.
1: Wonderful, yes. And I think um, it's worth just sharing quickly how come you ended up coming on the course in July?
2: Yeah, well, I think we have to better, give a shout-out to Mr O'Neill, I think. So Matt O'Neill connected me to you. Um, and he was so blown away by the, the implications of the principles that he just said, Gary, you've got to come and have a look. Come and have a word with Piers, see, see what this could look like for you. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll chat today. But yeah, it's, it's been nothing but life-changing, to be honest, Piers, so far. So yeah, thank you to Matt for the introduction.
1: Well, that, that's great. And, and it's often the case, actually, Gary, that people, I get a lot of business through referral uh, because people say, you've got to come and check this out. So I, I'd love listeners to get a sense of, um, I, I guess what's different about this, because as you said, you were someone who's had a curiosity about people and how that can make a massive difference for organizations' effectiveness um, and have been interested in that agenda for quite a while. Um, and, and what is it that you see um, as different in what you discovered when you came along and uh, joined us in July?
2: Yeah, I think one of the biggest shifts for me, Piers, to be honest, was before going into the three-day retreat was I sort of relied a lot on my psychology, to be honest, for sort of sort of making sense of things. So I'd always look for a justification or a reason or evidence as to why something is the way it is. So if I give you some examples, so that would be me looking at, um, you know, why someone said a certain thing to me, how, you know, how I react to the way someone externally Is communicating with me? Am I going to miss out on an opportunity to progress because A, 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 B, or C is occurring? So I was was quite often talking a lot to myself inside my own head and sort of coming on the three-day retreat. One of the biggest things that I took away actually was this clarification, understanding that the human experience operates inside out, and that all these external factors that I believe was driving my my life, to be honest. was, was, was absolutely just all untrue. You know, those, those, those things that I thought were causing my experience actually weren't. Mm.
1: And so you recognize that the things you thought that were driving and causing your experience weren't, and that it's inside out. Now, in, in case that sounds a bit like, uh, to people, you know, what, what do you mean inside out? Um... Can you say just a little bit more about that or a bit more about how that has sort of turned up for you in benefit-wise?
2: Yeah, I've got, got one, one quite big example for me, um, in case it resonates for certain listeners you may have peers, was, so I had um, a mental health challenge a couple of years ago. And this, this was huge for me, to be honest, on this, on this retreat, was this realization that actually I thought my way into that situation. Mm-hmm. It, sounds, it sounds quite insane on this podcast, <laughs> I'm explaining it to you now. But you know, in the build-up to give some context for your listeners, so in the build-up to that situation, for about six months, things were very pressured at work. Things were very pressured in my personal life. There's a lot of things going on, and I was—I can remember some of the things I was telling myself, such as, "You're not good enough. You won't progress. That person doesn't rate you." There was all this negative self-talk that was going on throughout those six months before I went bang. Um, at work, which was around June 2016. Coming on the retreat, it was just this clarity for me that, I, you know, we come from a state of, you know, natural well-being, an innate state of well-being. That's how we enter the world as children. And by having that understanding, that clarity, I was like, I, it, it actually freed me up. It actually freed up my, my calmness. I've been quite impulsive for a long time. So always energy, always driven, got to make a difference, got to make the world a better place. And all of that's not a bad thing, but it's how you do that. And I think before the, coming on the retreat with you, I was I was a lot much more impulsive, much more volatile, whereas now I'm much calmer, and I can see that that mental health challenge I actually did to myself. And I'm really glad that I see that now.
1: I mean, actually, Gary, there's quite a lot in what you just said. It's quite a full-packed uh, last minute of what you just said, actually. And so let me just try and pull it apart a little bit for people because I think there's, it's, there's some... Wonderful stuff in there. So, the first thing it, it looks like you you realised was that when you had your mental health challenges that you have been suffering with, you know, um, in t- two thousand and sixteen, you know, life felt pressured, work felt pressured. Um, it felt like the world life could get you. It felt like unless you had a boss saying good things or whatever, then then that was going to be difficult for you, and you needed the outside world to change, and that you, Gary, weren't coping. And you had to try and fix that yourself, that that's what it was before. And then by having this understanding about this thing we're calling inside out, you recognized, no, that's not how it works. It wasn't the outside world. It was the mind. It was thought. And not only did you recognize that, you realised that you don't need to fix that psychologically. It's not like you go, oh, no, it's all Gary now. I thought it was the outside world. It's all Gary. You don't even need to fix that because there's a beautiful, innate, inbuilt design to the system that sorts that out once you realize it. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that, because I just want to pull it apart a little bit, but is that what you're sort of pointing to?
2: It's 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely those points. And I think for any listeners, and this is going to sound a little bit obvious, which I know is a word you like to use, is, you know, it's just, I've never looked at my body and thought it heals itself. But why does it do that? Mm. You know, you take it such for granted. You know, I actually twisted my ankle quite recently, Piers, really badly away in business. And even at that point, it hurt a lot. But I just said to my, I just went, it's fine, it'll fix itself. It's what the body does. So, you know, it's what the human experience does. And like, so this, yeah, so, so absolutely, your points are super, super valid. Super valid. And, and it, it's funny,
1: isn't it, how... You know, this is something you were struggling with for, for a, quite a while, for, for a number of months or years. And, it, you know, it was, it was an insight or a realization that blew that away. And it, it wasn't anything we did, was it? I didn't say, you know, in the retreat, I didn't say, here's how to deal with mental health. You saw that. You, you saw that. And so can you say a little bit more about what you've been noticing about the power of insight and realization? you know, for you, since you've recognized this?
2: Yeah, there's been a few, but a couple of major things, as I've explained to you in the past, and a lot more sort of minor things, but I think I'd summarize it by, just, just I just feel a lot calmer and a lot more present mm. by doing that. My thinking's dropped. You know, there's, there's, there's almost, there's, there's just this, it's difficult to explain, really, but it's just, just by not layering up thought not trying to justify everything that I do. You know, there's this freedom. There's this freedom. There's freedom in my thinking. You know, there's mm. a couple of examples I've had of like, there's been a lot of talk about flow. What does flow look like? It's quite an overused word in terms of sort of corporate circles. But I've experienced twice in the last four months since doing the retreat with you some very significant examples of flow where literally there's been, you know, <laughs> there's been a, a sizable shift in my energy when communicating with other people. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question particularly well, but.
1: Well, there's two bits, actually. I want to come back to those couple examples in a moment. But before we go there, I just want to touch on the bit where you said you feel calmer, um, you feel less pressured, you feel you know more present. Now, are you trying to do that? or, or how, How's that happening for you? Someone said, oh, I'd love to feel like that. I'd love to feel calmer. I'd love to feel more at ease. Um, how do I do it? Well, what would you say?
2: That's a cracking question, actually. Um, you can't explain it. It's, it's, not, it's not a sort of psychological evidence-based response. It's just, just by understanding the implications of how the experience operates, you just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just calmer. You know, yeah. there's, there's not, it's not like an evidence-based behind it. it is.
1: And, and it's not something you're doing. There's no tools or techniques. You're, you're not doing yoga five times a day or mindfulness.
2: Actually, really interesting point, actually. Since the, so I used to do a lot of mindfulness. Mm. I, to, I had to have my 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes before I went to bed. Done that probably for six months before the retreat. Post retreat, I stopped doing it. Just completely stopped doing mindfulness.
1: And so, here's interesting, right? For those people, and, and we don't want to dis mindfulness here, but it, 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 there's other podcasts where I talk about why it doesn't do what people think it does. But it's that, here's a person who was was feeling quite stressed with the world, feeling quite pressured by the world. Doing mindfulness wasn't was sort of helping, but not massively. He goes on this thing, has this big realization he stops doing his mindfulness and feels more present and calm. Now, you'd think if you stop the mindfulness, you should be feeling less present and calm, but it, that's not how it turned up for you.
2: It's really interesting. I've not actually put those two things together as you just did so, so eloquently, so that's really powerful. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think, you know, well, what it is, just, just for 30 seconds aside, is that what, what mindfulness and meditation are pointing to is... is, is, is What is there already, and it has become a little techniqueified or uh, mental strategied that this is how we get there. Now, once you recognize that's there anyway, um, you know, before personal thinking, it just turns up. So you don't need to go and do it through a ritual. Um, Not saying that they aren't nice things to do, yogas and meditations, they're nice things to do, but they're not doing it. They're not doing what we think they're doing. And a lot of people are using them as antidotes to the misunderstanding about how the mind works anyway. And when you have that misunderstanding reversed, which, which Gary's realized, you realize you don't need it so much. Um, now, I, I really want listeners to hear about the, the couple of things that um, you, you mentioned to me before we press record on this recording, Gary, where you, in the last four months, have had a couple of kind of wow experiences in in what we're calling flow. So can you just say a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I'll try and make, keep it succinct. And it's, if this is me going my vulnerabilities onto a podcast with you peers. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. I appreciate that. Um, so, so no, one of them was with a, a peer over in Jersey, where we were just having a conversation through Zoom, as you, you and I are now. And there was this incredible feeling of literally feeling like being plugged in. So some back of the neck, literally like someone had plugged me into an energy source. And I had this huge energy flow through me through the screen to, to to kim who was sitting in jersey the other side of the screen and it, this is going to sound probably quite woo and wacky for those that are listening but it's a very real experience of when i can communicate now with you happened and in those moments what was happening was just the conversation was great the ideation was great you know the discussion was great you know how can we improve this have we work together what's this looking like you know, it was just a wonderful, wonderfully engaging conversation. And at that point in time, for about 15, 20 seconds, something opened up and just this huge energy flow just happened for about 15, 20 seconds.
1: Yeah. And I think what's so fascinating about that, because, you know, some people might go, oh, that sounds a bit weird. Um, but what we're pointing to about that is that there's something beyond, beyond our personal psychology, that there's a there's, if, if you like, an invisible source to everything about being a being the, the wonderful humans that we are, and we just don't recognise it. Now it's happening all the time, really, at some level, because our hearts are beating, but but we don't recognise it, and particularly in the business world, we don't appreciate the fact that we are. You know, to use that famous saying, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And there's something beyond our psychology that we can look at and rely on that gives us an invisible power for well-being and resourcefulness in the workplace. And this isn't about feeling good. This is about bottom line productivity. Um, so, so, Gary, can you share a little bit about, you know, let's make this more practical now, you know, in case you were thinking we've gone woo-woo. You know, in the last four months, would you say what's happened to your effectiveness as a business person?
2: Well, it's, it's, it's quite fascinating. It's quite fascinating, actually. So, my the clap. I'll give you a really short answer. So, I I can put quite clearly that I'm getting one third more done. In wow! Time than I used to. Wow! I'm not, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not procrastinating. I'm not fearful, I'm not concerned, I'm not worried, I'm not anxious. So just all of that thinking is dropped. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I don't have my days. Of course I do. But just by getting present, by being still, and dropping that thinking, which I'm not trying to do, just for anyone that's listening, I'm not sitting there in the corner going, must stop my my thinking. It's just from going on the retreat and just... Yeah, just understand these implications. I'm comfortably one third more productive.
1: What, one third? I mean, that, that's. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you've kind of quantified it because people would say, oh, I'm much more, you know, but you, you know, put one third on it. And I think, you know, if you just let your mind think for a moment, you know, if everyone in your organization was one third more productive, wow, you know, that that is. Um, and, and I'm right in saying that's not at the expense of your personal well-being. So you're not one-third more productive because you're working one-third more hours or because you're stressing yourself out or you've put the high-pressure pedal down.
2: You do, it's almost like your well-being has got better as well as you being more productive. Well, I go a step further, Piers. Because of my well-being being as good as it is, that's why I'm able to be one-third more productive because yeah. I'm from a natural state of well-being.
1: That's interesting, isn't it? And You know, I did a podcast earlier uh, called Busting the High Pressure, High Performance Myth, right? Because traditionally in organizations, we feel that if you want more productivity, you put your foot on the gas, right? And what you've just said is the opposite. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I think that's, I just want to restate that because it's such a great thing you said. I mean, you, 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 you spent three days looking at this stuff and you're one third more productive. Um, so the ROI on that is, is great. Um, now, you know, what would you say to people who are thinking, yeah, but that's not for me, this Gary guy, obviously he's that kind of person anyway. Uh, this wouldn't work for my people. You should meet some of my colleagues. This wouldn't help. (laughs) What would you say to that?
2: I would say to that, just be open just have a conversation about this stuff because, you know, it gives ex- let's give some extra context to this period. So as of 2nd of July, 2018, I was not a spiritual person. So I want to give people that context. am mm. very much agnostic throughout my life. I'm not a religious person. I didn't think I was spiritual, although I now know and understand and feel that we all, we all are in our own way. So I just want to put that out there. You know, this is not a woo-woo sort of religious discussion we're having here. I'm a business person. I run 20 million... Euro's worth of two product ranges with a 2.2 billion global corporations. This is hard business we're talking about. So I would say to people, just be open, be curious, you know, just be open to having the conversation with you. Get yourself along to one of these retreats because this goes beyond business as well. And I think this is a really important point. You know, you, you will not only be serving your employees to a better end if you're a leader in an organization listening to this. You'll be sending your employees home healthier, happier, more complete to their families, to their friends at the weekend, which means you'll get them back even better at 9 a.m. on a Monday, fulfilled, nourished from the family that they've had a great weekend with. You know, this is societal, this is not just about business, but the business benefits are huge.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a great endorsement, you know, appreciate that. And I think you're so right. This is because this is about how the mind works, it, it has benefits to anything. In the human experience well, you know that, and that obviously includes work, obviously includes life and parenting and relationships and hobby and, and you know it, 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 it we 're we're looking very upstream, um, so the benefits are 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 very wide and pervasive and and sustainable um, and gary i 'd love you just to just mention a couple of points about how you 're seeing we were talking before we uh, press record on this about. You know, if, if you could design a culture in any way for an organization, you know, um, what would you do? So, so what do you see as the foundation of organizational culture now, uh, given what you see?
2: Yeah, I, I guess to give some context, until again, pre-retreat, it was very much around how do we design the right structure? How do you have the right leadership in place? You know, all of the sort of causal sort of approaches that we've learned for, for many generations now. Whereas what I now see it as is it's much more around how do you design. You still have to design, of course, an organization to, to be successful and profitable, but you do it around the human beings. Mm. Yeah, so it's very much around a human centered approach, I believe, for organizational design going forward. A critical part of that is pointing to what you and I are talking about, which is this innate resourcefulness. So how and I summarise this by the number one strategic imperative for me going forward is presence, stopping listening, connecting, you know, all of the stuff that we don't value at the moment in the current world of work is the absolute game changer, particularly as technology advances, I believe. And the Mm -hmm. three principles, you know, understanding how the mind works is going to unlock a lot of that potential.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's, uh, I mean, I, you know, you just have to walk into organizations with a little glimpse of what you and I are talking about. And you see that organizations aren't Present. they aren't listening, they're not tapping into their creativity, their resilience, their fresh perspectives, that they are invisibly caught up in a, a conceptual whirlwind in their minds. Now, just want to make a little nuanced distinction, um, because a lot of people would say, oh yeah, I, I get that it's about listening, it's about presence, it's about purpose, it's about connecting. Now, w- what are you saying is the key enabler to more presence, more listening, more connectivity, more fresh ideas. What are you saying needs people need to see to get that?
2: Yeah, well, well absolutely. It's about you know the experience that, that we've gone through with you on the retreats. So it's actually that understanding that we all come from a you know a natural state of resourcefulness and, and well being. You know, so that means by us stopping and listening, we are able to point more towards that natural source. Right, that's, that's what I'm talking about. You know, at the end of the day, the, the conduits the conduit to get people from the more fear-based reactive state they're in to more of the innate state of well-being is going to be to just stop. And I think there's a little, there's a step towards that potentially. Hopefully some people can jump to it quicker, but absolutely it's, it's about just accepting what we are as, as sort of sentient beings, as you say, living a human experience. And I really believe that. And I think it's, it's
1: really key in case people think we're just not saying the bit, the other bits. All we're saying here is and this might be a hard thing for people to swallow, that we're just saying an understanding shift, a realization enables this. There's not loads of do in the middle, right? So we want organizations where people are more present, they're listening more, they're more connected, they're more resilient, they're more innovative, they're more creative, they have high well-being, they see alignment. And we're saying just an understanding shift, just a realization enables that there's not lots of mental do strategies. There's not, you know, lots of, here's how you create a, you know, here's how you listen better. Um, it's, and it's, it's, I know for me, when I first got into this sort of eight, nine years ago, it was because I came from the world of positive psychology, NLP, appreciative inquiry, serious play, create, you know, creative thinking, blah, 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 blah. And there was always a bit of a do. There's always a technique or a tool or a step or a model. And we're saying, no, just an understanding shift, a realized pre-conceptual mind understanding shift about what we are as human beings enables that. Like, to just, we just to be clear to listeners, so that's what we're saying. We're not saying there's a hidden do here, we're just not telling people about it, Is there?
2: No, no, there's not. And I would reinforce that another step further, actually, Piers, which is, this is the only retreat, it's the only retreat I've been on for three days, to be honest. Most of my learnings been half day, full day, whatever. Hmm. This is your retreat. Is the only one that I've never taken a note for, mm. and this is a really powerful point. Three days, not a single written note. Yeah, I've got one third of my time back.
1: Mm. Wow, <laughs> that's interesting. And how come you don't think
2: you made notes? Because we didn't need to. Because it's implications. You know, mm. we, we, don't get don't get me wrong. I was sitting there with my uh, my pen and paper ready to scroll for three days. But when, you, when you've made it safe and explained to us that you know, there's no need to take notes because this is about, you know, it's, the, it's the principles of life ultimately. You, know, you don't need to be writing notes furiously because you'll take yourself away from that natural state. Mm. curiosity and well-being. So no, I just wanted to put that point out as well. It's,
1: it's, it's, a, it's a great point. And, and you know, let me play the role for the moment for the sort of uh, normal, normalised, sceptical business person. Um, is this all too good to be true? No.
2: <laughs> At the end of the day, I, to, to give it validation, and, and again, you know, I've, I've spoken so much to my family about this. I've spoken to friends and colleagues about this. And with a bit of time, even with my basic understanding and my now experience of this, they start to see a little bit of it. Mm. So, you know, There's very few things in life that don't have a downside. This is one of them. Mm. I generally okay. believe that, that, that. There's no... You know, there's no war off the back of it. There's no fear off the back of it. There's no worry off the back of it. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's almost too obvious that too many people aren't seeing it. I, I, you know, it's such a
1: valid point because I, I almost find it, it's funny when I talk to people I, I, because it sounds so blimmin' simple and obvious and foundational that it can't be the answer because if so, we would have seen it already. You know, and I didn't see this till eight, nine years ago. You didn't see it till earlier this year. Um, so, so why are we all walking around not seeing it?
2: Good question. I, I, I guess there's the lack of just who, who's out there doing it. Good news, you are. Mm. There'll be other people as well. But um, for me, it comes back to just the system. You know, look at the last hundred years. It's all about you know, widgets, job specs where people just fit within a particular job role. So actually, we've gone from, if you look back 2,000 years, it was much more overtly spiritual 2,000 years ago than we are now. Mm. The scriptures and the writings and Eastern philosophy and all these sort of things. So we've sort of we've taken ourselves away psychologically the last 150 years from that state. That's what I see. So yeah. we're now at a stage of trying to actually unpick. And I'm not saying psychology is bad. It's helpful to understand. But what we're saying is understand from a place of natural well-being. Don't try and prove that this doesn't exist. Uh, so that's sort of how I see it.
1: Peter. Yeah, and I think it's a valid point. I think you know, science and materialism and and the mystical sort of seem to separate about four hundred years ago, uh, as science got cleverer. And and now what you're starting to see, well, I'm starting to see because obviously I'm I'm kind of looking for it. But the science is starting to. Point to the nature of consciousness differently now. It's, it's it's sort of going beyond the fact that maybe this it isn't a material world. You know, it's not a reductionist view of the world, and I, it's 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 great now. I mean, when I first started teaching this stuff, there, there was no videos I could show people to point to the nature of this, but there are now, you know, in the last year there's a few and and scientists, proper scientists, I mean, ones that are validating it like Donald Hoffman and Anil Seth, you know, um, or Eagleman, you know, who who are pointing to this and it gives our conceptual mind something to hang its hat on because this isn't the conceptual understanding but it likes to hang its hat. So, I, I'm I'm kind of Hoping that that will get more people to look in this direction because I think we just don't look in this direction because we haven't been taught to. Um, we've been taught to look away from it. Um, so, so Gary, if if there was any sort of any, anything as we get to the end of this podcast, time does fly when we're having fun. Um, that you wanted to say to any business leaders out there, or, or or you know, what what would you say in your kind of little summary of all of this?
2: My summary would be. Get away from ROI, sort of try and get away from the myopic focus on metrics. By allowing your people to experience their natural innate state more often, you're going to get far better results anyway. So slow down, create the space for people to stop, get them involved in some of the, the principles and the work that you're offering. Trial it. And I think, yeah, let me go step forward. Experiment. there's has a lot of talk about agile working flex working at the moment. You know, maybe, you know, maybe you're not going to be able to jump into this full feet, but give yourself a team or a section of your business to experiment with. Let them evidence to you internally that this works and then you can scale it. But don't be afraid of it. You know, there's nothing but upside from it for me. And I think business leaders just need to be a bit more confident, a bit, bit more vulnerable to themselves. You know, they don't need, sorry, an extra point here. Mm. Leaders, you be vulnerable that you don't need to have all the answers. All the answers are already within you. Allow yourself the space to let them show up. Mm.
1: And I think business leaders, you know, if you ask them, you know, they kind of sometimes agree with that. They go, well, yeah, sometimes I do feel like that, you know. I do feel like like when I take my foot off the gas, I get this clarity coming through. And and that's just another implication of this understanding, right? You you get to see how come that happens. So that we don't want people to have that as a prescription going, oh, yeah, you know, but it, but it's that's another implication. And I think, you know, you could use that to... Sort of, I I sort of say to leaders, well, you've you've got to at least press pause on your current worldview to have a look if you're interested in this, right? You can only see it when you see it. And and that's the kind of (laughs) challenge I have when I'm talking to people. I'm not sure you do. But, you know, they can only see it when they see it. And when they see it, it looks obvious. And when they don't, it doesn't. So I guess what we're saying to the business world is press pause and you might see it. And when you do, you'll go, oh, and then you want to see more, but until you don't, you won't, but you have to sort of press pause on your current thinking just, and that's what these podcasts are trying to do is just give people a little, um, a little moment to reflect on this and go, oh, I wonder what it is they're on about. Um, to see if you see something. So, um, G- Gary, thank you so much because you've, you've, um, in just a few months you've, you've really, um, uh, to sonify what can happen as a result of this, and I'd love people to, if they wanted to, to check out more about it because you, you're an avid Twitterer and LinkedIner, um, and you know, Gary's got a lot to say, so I would, I'll, I'll put in the show notes links to your stuff, Gary. Um, but because I think people could hear it from you because you, you, you're so, um, down to earth with it as well. Um, You don't let it get too woo-woo, although you've had woo-woo experiences. So, uh, but but you're a great person to advocate this. So that's why I wanted to get you on the show. Um, Any final words from you,
2: Gary? No, I I think the only thing I would say is for anyone that is curious, please see this as an investment and not a cost. We've got to get away from the cost mentality. This is an investment in getting that one third back in your people. I'm very confident you can get one third back in many of your people to see this as an investment and not a cost.
1: Well, Gary, that's a great point to end on. And and thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat. Lovely.
0: Thanks for your time, Piers. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.